This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Ferminger, and today I'm welcoming an honest-to-goodness enigma to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Andrea Brooks. Will the real Miss Brooks please stand up? That isn't just my clever homage to Andrea's fan favorite role as Eve Tessmacher on CW Supergirl and the epic season four episode, Will the Real Miss Tessmacher Please Stand Up? It also speaks to Andrea's ability to inhabit vastly different characters and inspire passion and devotion in fans from vastly different genres. Case in point, Eve Tessmacher on Supergirl. Eve is many things, a scientist, a liar, a genius, a killer, a vessel for an AI named Hope, a martial artist and markswoman, a woman of many allegiances. People love to hate her. Honestly, she scares the shit out of me. But I am all in for Miss Tessmacher. And that, can be, that is my homage to, uh, to both uh, the Gene Hackman and the John Cryer, Miss Tessmacher, that can be attributed to the alchemy of top-notch writing and Andrea's stellar performance. And then there is Andrea's other beloved characters. And she has not only played two characters, but these are the two that we're going to focus on today. Nurse Faith Carter on When Calls the Heart. Faith is, well, she's everything that Eve is not. Yes, she's brilliant and unlucky in love, just like Eve, but she's also kind and she puts the needs of others ahead of her own. Season eight of When Calls the Heart recently wrapped on Hallmark Channel and Faith faced some difficult choices. Namely, between romance with Carson in a faraway city and tending to the sick and injured in Hope Valley. And in the end, she chose the more righteous path, but not without bruising her big heart. And you feel for her, and you're rooting for her, again because of the alchemy of the writing and Andrea's phenomenal work. Today, I want the real Miss Brooks to please stand up. Or is this the tale of two Andreas? I'm still kind of deciding on the episode title. What I want to do is get to know the woman behind the wildly different characters from wildly different shows with wildly different fandoms and explore that most pressing of questions. Who the heck is Andrea Brooks? Really? Andrea Brooks, the enigma. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. That was the best intro I have ever heard. I'm almost in tears. <laughs> I guess now, I just stand up, right? You absolutely I'll, I'll do. I'll my yoga pants, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Andrea, 
Andrea has not listened to the podcast before none of the 167 episodes. And that's not to shame her, but I really felt like I needed to really up my intro great, my intro game to show her what she's been missing. Hi. That's incredible. You did such thorough research. That was amazing. I got to like tell I you to play that every morning when I wake up just to motivate <laughs> me to start my day. <laughs> we can do that. But really the, the research that I've done is I watch television. That is the best. <laughs> best Which is really the best. I've found the best job for myself, but Aww. you know, so usually I give my guests the opportunity to uh, rebut the thesis statement or to correct anything that I might've gotten. One, only one thing stood out to me. It is now Dr. Faith Carter. That's right. That's it. That's all I got. Dr. Carter, right. Because she's a country doctor now. She is now. She finished her medical training and she came back to Hope Valley, a full-fledged doctor. That's amazing. (laughs) And I knew that. I knew that because I watched every single episode of uh, of season (laughs) eight and, um, Man, we're, we're, we're going to get into it, but I have really felt, because I, I, I really felt like for a lot of, a lot of season eight, like I was like, oh man, this is not going to end well for, for Faith. This, oh man, but anyway, before we get to that, and be, before we get to Eve and all of that, I'm going to ask you the question that I have been, that I've been asking my guests all throughout this pandemic, and it's a huge question. Ooh. Yeah, so you you know, totally take a minute if you need to. Bracing yourself. Yeah. (laughs) How are you doing, Andrea? That's a really lovely question. And you know what? That's important that we ask each other that in these times. Yeah. Um, I I almost feel, I almost feel bad for saying I'm doing so well um, because it's, these are tough times for so many and we're, we're still not quite back to where we were. Yeah. Um, But I, I have had. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's, it's good to wait. Like, cause there, there is so much bad. That if yeah. we're having a little bit of good, we need yeah. to revel in that, right? So yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. doing well. Yeah, I'm. I oh, that's thank you for saying that. Um, it's been I've, I've kept busy, um, which always makes me happy. Being busy is number one. Okay. Um, and of course, when things you know, last March we weren't sure. All of us who were used to being busy, things we had to take a pause, and that was. Um, unsettling for for a moment, but I feel very very fortunate. I have my health, my family, my friends, uh, and my and my job, my yeah. my work, which I adore. So um, I I am very happy in this moment. That's very good. very happy. How did you spend uh, those first few months of the pandemic? Were you a were you a bread baker? Were you watching Virgin <laughs> River? You know, like how did how did you spend that time? I went through every phase. I watched Tiger King. <laughs> I got a that starter. That is a phase. That's uh, an actual phase. The Tiger King phase. was like phase, phase one. <laughs> was Tiger King. Yeah. I, I got a starter. I baked quite a bit. Um, Did you name your starter? Yeah, his name was Monster, <laughs> which just seemed right. Um, yeah. Feed him. Feed him all the time. <laughs> Keep him happy. Uh, not, no longer in that phase at the moment. Um, so yeah, I went through everything. I also had a little baby. Um, so when things happened, it, it oddly that's the a, timing worked a- out. That's a thing. Like that's a yeah, yeah. That's she something very that little. takes a lot of your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and that was that wow. was a, she was I think just about four months when everything happened. Wait, no, summer, January, February. Yeah, um, so bad with with numbers with math. Um, and it's so, all math is is become worse. 
since the pandemic, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, I, I, I remember I was supposed to get on a plane and head to Montreal. I was supposed to do a Hallmark movie. I had all these plans and I had a four month old. I was exhausted because I, you know, I went right back to work seven weeks after having her. Um, it, It was madness. And then there was this forced pause, which I think I needed because I had gone so hard. I had worked, I had worked harder than I ever have my whole life while I was pregnant and then just had the baby focused on that, went right back to work. And I think for my mental health, health for my sanity, I needed that pause. So yeah. oddly, it's, you know, the silver lining was I got to stay home and focus on being a mom, which mm. was unexpected because <laughs> I, I thought I was just going to have to run, 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 do a movie, come right back, one calls the heart, here we go. Um, but it, it gave me a little bit of extra time, which was lovely. Yeah. Why do you think you were pushing yourself so hard before the pandemic? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I love, see, I know you haven't listened to the podcast. I like to have like two, two good deep, questions. That's a great, no, no one's ever asked me that. Um, I think, I think being an actor, being very in control of your image and your body and what you look like and, mm. I think there was a, a part of me that was a little scared. I was, and I, this should not ever matter, but when you, you have a public job, I knew that the comments were going to be like, oh, you look different. You look bigger. And I, I think I was, I was scared of that. And I also wanted to prove to myself and to everybody that you can be a mom, you can be pregnant, you can work and you absolutely can, but it's also absolutely exhausting, yes. <laughs> absolutely exhausting. And I don't, and I think by the end I worked up until a, almost three and a half or four weeks before I had her. And I would, I've never been so tired in my life. I just even stepping up, taking the steps up to my trailer. It looked like Mount Everest at the end. And I, what what show were you working on at the, at the end? Um, I worked on Supergirl up until I worked on Supergirl for a shorter period of time. I, I had a longer, more extended, um, break there. Yeah. Um, but I worked on when calls the heart right up until I guess the months prior to having yeah. the baby. And then when I came back seven weeks out, I went back to Supergirl. Right. But I mean, both cool. characters could have delivered your baby. You know? I was wondering, I remember when I talked to the showrunners on either side being like, so, you know, a Lex Luthor baby. And it was like, no way. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I was curious. Um, so I was not able to write in the pregnancy, which is fine, but that, that comes with a lot of baggage. You have body doubles, CGI, costume. Literal which- baggage. I always think of Elaine on Seinfeld. Like, yes. Oh, I was dying. <laughs> They do that. I remember on, I think this one, this was on Supergirl. We were blocking a scene and they had a giant bowl of fruit. I was supposed to walk in and there was like a big, and I think the director's like, no, nix that. It's just too obvious that we're hiding things. Like, no, no, no. But you have to be creative and it's a team effort. And so your pregnancy, which is a very private thing to go through, ends up being super public, not only in the public eye public, but also at work because people are checking in. Are you okay? Someone's job is to get your chair and your water. And you just, I didn't want to feel like a burden, but you kind of can't help it in a yeah. way. So that, that was a whole experience that I was not, I, I tried to be mentally prepared for it, but I don't think I was. Yeah. And by the time that I had the baby and then I was, I was at home, I, you know, everyone says, this is the most exhausting part of your life. You're not going to sleep. It's going to be so tough. And it's very tough, Mm. but 
it was not as hard as working two shows while pregnant. That yeah. was, that was, it was wild. I think because our bodies are made, like we are, are biologically made to have children and to recover from that. And to, mm-hmm. you know, we're not necessarily biologically made to work really hard on two shows while we're growing another human being. Like there's think, a reason we're so exhausted during I think you're, I think your trimester. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. And I was so fortunate. I had, I had a very healthy pregnancy. I was sick a lot. I, I was one of those people who was sick throughout. So that yeah. made work extremely challenging yeah. on top of everything else. And they're like, you can't have gravel. I'm like, but I need something. And I then know. they give you the declectin and that stuff doesn't work. Yep. Yep. I lost weight my first trimester because I was throwing up so much. Yeah. Oh my God. I threw up like 80 times just in like two months. It was awful. Awful. And you can't have the good meds. It's awful. It is. It is. But I'm also very proud. I'm proud that I can look back and and think, wow, I I did that. I powered through that. Um, And you got beautiful pregnancy photos as well. Holy cow. Those were gorgeous i'll link to those in the footnotes for the episode i mean those are something to behold you know i wasn't gonna do that because when you when you're when you're an actor every single day someone's doing your hair doing your makeup i the last thing i want on an off day is to go through the works and do photos but my makeup artist janine dale on when calls the heart was like andrea you need to you have to do this you have to do it you have to i'm gonna do your makeup i'll do i'll take care of it let's go on your off day and then um, the photographer, Lilia, she reached out to me on Instagram and she was like, oh, if you want to do a photo shoot, I have a studio and it, the stars kind of aligned. I'm like, okay, Deneen, we're doing this. And now I'm so thankful that I did. But I think it's important. Moment, it's important for it. women. Well, no, that's for sure. And you don't feel, you don't feel glamorous, but I also think Mm-mm. it's important, you know, um, it's important to have those images. And I think it's important for our kids to also to see totally. what we looked like when we were growing them, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. surreal. It is surreal. Your body does things that I just, and then and then it all goes away, which is just as mind boggling yeah. to me. That I, I was very anxious during both like my, my third trimester and then when I first had my daughter. And what was so amazing was like, even though I didn't know what to do, it was like my body always knew what to do, yep. you know? Um, yep. And like, I remember right after I gave birth and I'd had an episiotomy and a tear and my milk wasn't coming in and oh. then my hair was falling out. I'm like, I'm, I hate that What? I'm never going to feel like a human again. And yeah. then I was like, no, nope, yeah. body knows what to do and bot- just let it. Yeah. You should just, just let- trust nature. You, just you- trust nature. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, the hair, the hair is a whole thing I was not So did you know? Because I didn't know that that was a thing. I had heard that, but I didn't, it's kind of like I didn't believe what the hype in a way. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, I remember working on Supergirl before I even knew I was pregnant. People were, the hair and makeup were like, oh, your nails are growing so long. Oh, your hair is so thick. And, and just the, the comments and you're like, oh, really? And then looking back, you're like, oh, that's the thing. Your hair yeah. stops falling out when you're pregnant, pregnant, and then it sheds three months after. Yeah. And three months after crazy. we lose up to six, hundred hairs a day that's what what the statistic yeah I have like these two bald spots like right here by the it was coming out in ropes in the shower I was crying I went to the doctor I thought something was wrong you know totally natural so natural yeah normal yeah um but yeah it's shocking though because I I think by that point I was like okay this might happen but it can't be that bad (gasps) so I don't know it it, it's shocking I still have all my regrowth coming in all my yeah 
still going wild. So. Can I tell you something sad though? Look at all. This is my, I, I gave birth almost 11 years ago and it has not grown back all the, oh, all the no. way. So. Thank goodness for hair pieces. We can fix these. Hell things. yes, we can fix anything. All right, Andrea. I know that you didn't know this about this show, but we do time travel on the Why Bear Screen Scene podcast. This is the most fun podcast I've ever been a part of. <laughs> I got time travel and, and thesis statements. And, okay, so first of all, what is your time travel vehicle of choice? You get to choose the vehicle. Oh, could be one uh, from pop culture. It could be one of your own creation. Could I, could I, I've always just wanted to sit in a spaceship. I want, I want to be strapped in and harnessed and just experience that. So can okay. I choose a spaceship? A specific kind of spaceship? I mean, there's lots of different kinds. You have Something everything from the Starship. NASA on the side? NASA. Okay, I don't know which one. Cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very educated when it comes to NASA's fleet of ships. Okay. But that seems kind of iconic. <laughs> so not from sci-fi, but like a real spaceship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds yeah. rad. No one has said that. Really? Okay. Yeah, No. Okay. No. So this is a spaceship that something's going to happen to it and it's oh, going to no. get sucked into, well, yeah, it's going to get sucked into a time stream, right? Oh, okay, okay. Spaceships are not necessarily <laughs> time travel. That's why it's like, what? Really? Like you picked the wrong thing. <laughs> that goes to the moon. <laughs> okay. I want to go back in time. I am obsessed with the age 10 right now because I have a 10-year-old. I think it's a very Ooh. pure age. I think when we're 10, we... We know what we want. Our feelings are very pure. You know, so I want to I wanna get to know Andrea Brooks when, when she is, when you are 10 years old. Where are we going? And what kind of a kid were you? You know, and, and who's going to answer the door, you know, when we, when we knock? And we're like, I we're here from this, like, NASA space shuttle that this. went off. Getting off. out of that. <laughs> well, it's fitting, because I feel like when I was 10, my parents took me to Texas. So we actually toured the, around that time, we toured the space facilities down in Houston. And we, I, I wanted to see the control room where Houston, they have a problem. So this is very fitting, because it was around that time I actually was really into outer space. <laughs> So perfect. perfect. Um, I actually remember being 10. I remember this weird conversation I had. I guess I was nine. My friend and I from elementary school, Sophie, we were both figure skaters. Mm. Um, so we skated almost every day after school. And I remember one day we were in the change rooms and we were each in a change room. We were talking about how cool it was going to be that we were entering the double digits. And I still remember this conversation. We're pulling our tights on in, in, in separate <laughs> like separate change stalls. We're like, whoa, double digits. I'm going to be a double digit. And then you're going to be a double digit in April. And that's going to be so crazy. I still remember having that conversation. And in my mind, I was like, whoa, it was like, you're not quite a little kid anymore. Yeah. So that was very exciting. So whenever I think back to being 10, I remember, oh yeah, that double digit <laughs> conversation. It was just that formative. <laughs> oh my God. Can you remember being a single digit? I mean, that's the thing now is somebody who's been double digits for a long time. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. The, the joy of being a single digit. We don't appreciate what we have. Well, no. we have it. Okay. So, so, uh, Single digit, almost double digit you, figure skater. What yeah. did you want to be when you grew up? I think when I was a little kid, I wanted to be like everyone in my age bracket. wanted to be a paleontologist because Jurassic Park was all the rage. So I mm -hmm. went through that phase. My mom is a geologist, so I came by it honestly. Oh, and that's a for real. Like that's a, yeah. you could have actually done that. 
Oh, yeah. I grew up around rocks and minerals, and um, my great-grandfather was also a geologist, so there's like a lineage of geology on my mom's side. Um, So, yeah, I grew up with like very interesting artifacts in our home, Um, and then we went to Drumheller in Alberta, and I got to see the dinosaur bone. So, like, I was very into that at a younger age. Drumheller. Can we just take a moment, because people are listening all over the world. We have listeners everywhere. I need you all to plan a trip to Drumheller because I, I, I've lived in, lived in this country for many decades. I was born here and I thought I knew what Canada was, you know, from Mm -hmm. being born in Montreal and teen years in Toronto and then moving out to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea until we took our our daughter to (gasps) Drumheller on a, we had rented like a, a, camper van and we went on a road trip and i I, it's like going to so it's like the dinosaur valley really of canada yeah Yeah. and it's like stepping foot on another planet and i remember saying to paul um they need to film stuff here like and then of course a couple years after that they did they filmed some lost in space and the tv show there which is so cool but there is you really you can see the the, the history and it's so fun. It's actually it's going to be a good road trip for you to do with with <laughs> your kid, you know, because they're they've really they have improved that Royal Drumheller Dinosaur Exploration Center and there's oh uh, have they I yeah bet. it's super super fun. So you know it's and it's Canada. You feel like you're on another planet, but you're yeah. in Canada. So yeah. that gets uh, not that we're a travel show. However, however, <laughs> we'll take that NASA spaceship to Drumheller. Yeah, but Drumheller now, not Drumheller then, because Drumheller yes. now. Although if we went Drumheller then, then we would see you. Okay, that's the quandary. But now the center is eh. better. Anyway, the ice cream is great. Yeah, the ice cream is great. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, amazing. we were in Drumheller. Please continue. I'm sorry, I got us off track. No, but Drumheller's I love so that. I love that you've had that experience because that was my experience growing up. I loved Drumheller. Um, but I think so that was 36 or something. I was old. I was like, whoa, dinosaurs so I, big. I love that. But they are though. They're, They're so big. Shocking. They're shocking. I think it'd be so cool to have, you know how the super wealthy in our world, they buy dinosaurs and they have them assembled in their homes, right? I, I assume some of them are castings. I don't know. But can you imagine having a home big enough to house a Tyrannosaurus or something? That, that's got to be like no. the ultimate. If you, you know, if I ever became a billionaire, I think that's the first thing I would do. <laughs> a dinosaur. <laughs> that if dinosaur bones have it assen- assembled in my kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> and that's great because you do have the lineage where you can assess everything correctly. And, and like the, sure. the cell, like the person be like, here you go. And you're like, this is a cast and I know this because of the- Let's curve and date everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the limit of the terms that I knew. Okay, so you wanted to be- <laughs> You wanted to be a paleontologist. I wanted to, when I was quite young, paleontologist, uh, I wanted to be a puppeteer because I loved Jim Henson. Because um, my mom loved The Muppet Show. So yeah. I grew up kind of, you know, liking Kermit and Fuzzy Bear and all those guys. Um, and that still is of interest to me. When I see what, what puppeteers do, it's mm. phenomenal. Even just watching Sesame Street now, I'm kind of revisiting all these shows that are still in existence now that I have a child. And- yeah wow, there are some incredible puppet builders, puppeteers. Um, it's a whole world that I don't know anything about, but I'm still fascinated by. Uh, wanted to do that. And I also, I was a very, I was a competitive figure skater. So I wanted to continue figure skating as well. So those are kind of the three things that were on my mm. mind as a kid, I suppose. 
I wonder, so what do you think 10-year-old Andrea would think of the life that you have made for yourself now? <laughs> um, well, this is the weird thing. I got into acting, um, professional acting, when I was 15. Um, and prior to that, I think by the age of about 12, 11, 12, I started um, acting. I started doing theater at, at my elementary school. Um, and then I joined a theater troupe. So I, I kind of discovered acting just after the age of 10. And then by 15, I had my shot and I wound up in this business, landed my manager that I still have to this day in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. um, so but in that moment when I was 15 and, and I had that opportunity, I, I still remember um, I was, uh, the reason I went, I got called in for a casting call for the movie Ice Princess. And I think we've even spoken about this before. Right. Um, the skating connection. The, the skating connection. Right. There was a, a little flyer circulated at our um, skating club and it was, you know, auditions for a Disney skating movie, uh, figure skaters wanted here's the date, here's the time, here's the audition. Um, mm -hmm. My mom didn't want me to go. I really wanted to go. And I remember looking at that flyer and being like, I want to do this. And oddly, it kind of makes sense. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I was so focused. Once I got into acting, I never got that role in Ice Princess. And I ended up going all through that, that whole rigum role of auditioning and kind of learning about how everything worked. Um, by the end of that, I was just fully immersed. I wanted to do it. I worked super hard. My parents had nothing to do with it. They were like, oh, if you want to try acting, go go ahead. We're not going to be stage parents. Like, we'll drive you to your auditions, but it's on you. Mm -hmm. And I, I worked so, so, so hard that it makes sense. I, I don't think it's necessarily a surprise, oddly. I think mm -hmm. maybe at 10, it would have been, it wasn't acting, wasn't really on my radar per se. Yeah. But by the by 15, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. What kind of career did you want when you first began? And how is it different from what you want now? Because I'm assuming there's oh, a bit of a difference. For sure. When you're 15, I was teen angsty. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love <laughs> like Nirvana, Hole, Courtney Love. You know, I was going through my like angst phase. Yeah. Um, I think I loved movies like Girl Interrupted. There was a lot of kind of ragey stuff at that time yeah. that was appealing to me. Uh, mid nineties, so right? Mid nineties. Yeah, like that, yeah. like I, well, I was, I was in school in the early 2000 in element or in high school in the early two thousands, but okay. that nineties, that was still on my radar. I don't know if it's because we all had Napster and we were downloading nineties music or I don't know what it was, but I was Napster, kind of a nineties wow. kid live, you know, in high school yeah. in 2004 or whatever. Okay. I graduated Oh seven, but, but that was, that was, I was going through my angst period. What can I say? So I think when I started acting, I was really drawn in. And I talked to a lot of actors who start off at a, about that age and they're like, yeah, I wanted to be like broody and like a punk. <laughs> it's like, like, look at me. I, that was not what I was destined to be. <laughs> so in my mind. I'm sorry was, for laughing. I'm sure you could act one. I'm sure you could. I mean, that's, but that's kind of the beauty in playing characters like Eve, the unassuming bad guy. Yeah. Um, there is an angle to still play super interesting, broody, angry. Um, killers. Crazy killers. <laughs> There's a way yeah. um, that I've discovered, but it, it's not, you know, I'd go into auditions when I was 16 and I'd put like purple in my hair and be like, I'm tough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I so, believe it. I, be, I got really, I got very intimidated. 
Oh, good. Good. <laughs> that was my intent. Um, so, so I think I wanted to play broody, broody roles. I'm trying to even remember other movies that inspired me at the time, but I, I don't know. You, you have a path in this business. You, you kind of, you're dealt a set of cards and it, it's what do you do with those cards? So I learned after a few years, it's like, oh, okay, you don't, you don't necessarily get to pick what you play. You kind of mm. fall into it. And then it's up to you to kind of make yourself interesting and appealing. And so I don't know. I don't know. I guess everyone, everyone's career tra trajectory is a bit different, but yeah. I discovered quite quickly, like, oh, I don't look like a goth. So unless I start dyeing my hair black and like really trying to embrace that, it, it just, I don't know. That's not how producers were seeing me. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> so, which fair enough. Yeah. And what do you want now? Um, I'm, uh, hmm. I think I have learned to adore doing the romantic comedy, humorous, um, lighter content, especially now being a mom, given the state of the world right now, the lighter content is really satisf satisfying in a way mm -hmm. that I had not anticipated. Because I think I, I have so many friends who work on amazing shows like Van Helsing, and I know you know everything about, about this, this territory. Um, but there's something about waking up every day, going to set and seeing blood and guns. And hey, I do that. I do like on Supergirl, Eve runs around. I've taken myself to the shooting range. I've learned how to shoot. It's really fun. But day in, day out, living in a really, really dark space, especially these shows that shoot 10 months of the year, mm. it does something. And I've talked to makeup artists about this and, and just blood, gore, death. I, it's, it's, it can be really exciting and really interesting to play. But if you live in that for a long time, I think it does something to you. So yeah. I, I have an appreciation for the lighter content. And I also, I love comedy. I love humor. I love quirkiness. And I've really been kind of flexing that muscle recently. I'm just about to start my third romantic comedy in a row here. Um, wow. And yeah, I, and I'm, I'm having a ball. I'm having a blast on these projects. They're fast, they're furious. You shoot for three weeks and there's, you can't think about anything else. And it's really, really fun. So yeah. I think at the beginning of 2021, that's what I sort of said to my team. I was like, I really, I wanna say yes to these projects. If, I, if the time allows, I wanna, I wanna be you know, the, the lead in, in the rom-coms. I wanna go for it. I wanna say yes to all of these. And it's yeah. been- so great. So I feel like I'm still honing in on that. I'm still working on that. And I'm, I'm discovering all of the interesting um, aspects of, of creating these characters because they, you might think, you know, these, these projects are very formulaic and they, and they are because mm -hmm. they're successful um, and they sell and people like them, but there, there is a lot of opportunity to maneuver in those characters and make them different. She's and doing a, a, sorry, we're, we're a, an audio podcast. So I just want to say <laughs> that when she said there's a lot of opportunities to maneuver, she had her fingers. She was like, it was like doing like kind of like fluttery jazz hands. <laughs> like, I guess that's the maneuvering word. <laughs> I, I honestly, I need to find, I need to like embrace the, the fact that I'm interviewing awesome TV and film people and like <laughs> move the podcast or expand onto YouTube because just, I love watching you actors should. talk about acting I, characters. I feel like I often, I, I use a lot of hand gestures to describe characters. I always have. I don't know why. Mm. Um, 
and I'm a very physical actor too. I, I, I make a lot of crazy facial features. I'm very aware of that. I actually read some hate on YouTube about that. They said I'm the most annoying character on a show because I make weird facial features, facial gestures, which was mean. But then again, I'm like, I, I, do, I do move a lot. I'm not a still actor by any means. I definitely move around. Someone didn't like it, but that's okay. So wait, actors read YouTube comments? Don't read mean YouTube comments. I, I went can't on be a healthy. deep dive. I know. And you know what? I usually don't. I, I honestly, I'm quite good at, or I'll open something and be like, oh, conversation's headed this direction. No, I, I'm pretty good, but I went on a deep dive last week, a week and a half ago, and I still regret it. I read things and I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to see this. Yeah. Ah. yeah never read the comments. Never, <laughs> never ever, read. ever, ever. That's it's like, so, what, no, rule number one. Well, rule number one is don't say mean things. Rule number two, don't read the comments. Don't read the that's, comments. That's like my internet survival guide. You're totally right. You're to- yet we all do it. We all sometimes, are you good? Do you completely shout it out? I have, I've had some very mean things said about me. So I have blocked words um, and phrases. Oh, oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I've learned to block words and I've learned mm-hmm. not to engage. And I mean, frankly, mm-hmm. it goes back to when uh, one of my dear friends died oh. um, and uh, we all, and there was a TMZ article um, that said that he died of a drug overdose. People die of drug overdoses all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not his story though. Uh, we found out later that he had died of a, of a heart condition he didn't know he had. Um, and we have a coroner's report that said that. But on that TMZ article, the, the comments that people made about him and about how his life was worthless, you know, um, and we were just so awful. So that was like, yeah, not one. Don't ever read TMZ. Don't retweet anything that's, from TMZ. And, and also tight. don't read the comments anywhere. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. That's awful. That's really awful. It was, it was not, it was not so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no. you know, it's a lesson that, I'm ha- that I've learned and I'm happy to share with you. So, yeah, Andrea, mental health, don't, don't read the comments. You're right. <laughs> and you're right. It's just I'm, I'm usually 99% of the time I'm good. I've learned. I know. What, what was going on? Like, what, what, what compelled you? Listen, next time you want to read the comments, you text me. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, I'll send you this face. What do I do? <laughs> oh, read the comments. Scold me. I just keep keep texting me so that it just lights up my phone, so I can't access. So you can't. You can't. Yeah. Um, no, it was just um, wanting to just interested in feedback from uh, season eight of One Calls the Heart, okay. um, and just just I I I opened I opened the floodgates, which is. I mean, I don't want to discredit people. You're, everyone is absolutely entitled to their opinion, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it's a gift that people care so much about a show. It, it, it's an amazing thing. And I don't want to discredit that aspect of things. But then when things start moving into the super negative territory, yeah. and then that's what I think kind of did. It's like, oh, well, that person's my friend. And oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't 
think about it this and then you just you 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 go from there yeah and unfortunately like whatever whatever people are talking about the negative will always be louder and and more and more hurtful so that's why i remember madonna said something i remember this from like 15 years ago she was like you know you could be in a crowded room of a thousand people and everyone's complimenting you and then one person shouts out something negative and that's what you'll remember which is so unfortunate it's so unfortunate, but it, it cuts, it can cut deep, uh, yeah. especially when you're not necessarily expecting it. Mm. Um, yeah, it can, it can sting, but Hey, I mean, I, I can't, I can't complain. I, I, I love my job. I love like this. If this comes with the territory, I can handle it. Yeah. You know? I mean, pa- passion should come with the, the territory, um, sure. but not being yeah. mean. Because I'm against yeah. bullying. I do want to, so For this sure. is a nice segue though into season eight of When Calls the Heart, which was exciting for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was very excited to see my good friend Viv Leacock <gasps> and his chill- children join the show. Wasn't that just the epic storyline of the season? I adore Viv. I adore Natasha, who plays his wife on the yes, show. We've been yes, buddies for a long time. Yeah. She's so wonderful. And yeah, Viv's kids playing his kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There, were, there was one day um, we were shooting outside and and Viv was there with, with his kids and he was just sort of like helping them, making sure they knew their lines and, and adjusting their costumes. And it was just the most adorable thing. I just mm-hmm. <laughs> wanted to take that moment, like put it in my pocket forever because I'm such a big fan of his family, of that storyline, yeah. everything to do with the Canfields. Just, yeah. Yeah. I love it too because in so many ways the character that Viv plays like Joseph is Viv like Viv yeah. is, is the person who gives advice you know yes. Viv is the person who provides guidance like, to Absolutely. so many people you know so it's it's such a such a, a wonderful um it's to see it on screen is wonderful I however I will say mm-hmm. as lovely as it was to watch to watch Viv, um, and also, you know, to see somebody like Rosemary find what she's going to do. Um, Faith had a hard time, you know, um, it was very heartbreaking, (laughs) but it was also really lovely to see a woman follow her heart, even if it meant bruising her heart along Mm -hmm. the way, you know, Mm -hmm. so how do you feel like, uh, like, as you look back on, on, uh, Faith's journey, Dr. Carter's journey uh, in mm-hmm. season eight, you know, like what, what were some of the most um, memorable and soul crushing moments? Yet? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there were definitely soul crushing. Yeah. She, I think the choices she makes this season, um, they are reflective of who she is because from the get go, from the time we meet Faith back in season two, season three, yeah. she, came, she came to Hope Valley with a fiance. She broke off a marriage proposal. Um, she wanted to help people. She has always been career driven, which I really appreciate about this character. Mm-hmm. And I was able to play that in a more amplified manner this past season because she has gone to medical school. And the interesting thing about this season, as people know, we had anticipated shooting a Christmas special and because mm-hmm. of the way COVID was going and for a, for a number of reasons, we ended up not being able to do that movie and we had um, two more episodes as a result, yeah. which was wonderful. We had a 12 episodes uh, season, but we had anticipated having this, this extra plot of storytelling time um, to kind of fill in some gaps in some of the stories over that Christmas special, which didn't end up happening. Right. So. There's a, there are a number of things that um, 
I was hoping to kind of explore with Faith when she came back to Hope Valley. But we have to remember she was in she was in a, a medical school with all men in a big city where things were different. She was away from the the small town, and so she I, I very much wanted her to come back self-assured and a little bit different, kind of like yes. a kid who goes off to college and comes back and they have new passions, new discoveries. They've, yeah. they've figured out who they are. And Faith has been really cool in the sense I've gotten to grow up alongside her. She was quite young when we met her. She was a very young nurse um, in Hamilton and she's been through so much. So this has been like a really cool growth arc for her. She's yeah. really becoming an adult. And I, I, I just loved the idea. Um, I remember my first meeting with John Tinker, our showrunner. He was like, okay, hear me out. Faith comes back on a buckboard while wildly riding next to a cowboy. She hops off, she's wearing pants and she's a doctor. And I was like, that's so cool. Um, so I love all the pants. Can I also say it's been- I love the pants. <laughs> the pants I think are great. Barbara, our, our costume designer, has just killed it. Yeah. She, we're having so so much fun. And yeah, the way the pants kind of spread through Hope Valley, um, the new fashion of the time, I yeah. suppose. Um, yeah, that and it was important to me at the end that she be wearing. I wanted her to wear pants at the end. I wanted her to start off the season in the pants and end the season in the pants. Self-assured, this is who she is. She's a doctor. She wants to be taken seriously. That's an arc that was explored a little bit this season. She yeah. doesn't want to be undermined by men. Um, and 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 she's she's still figuring things out. She there's still a trajectory of figuring out how to be a doctor to come. It's interesting to be a nurse in a town to leave, to finish your medical training, become a doctor, come back. People are going to treat you like you're the nurse or the assistant to the doctor. So there's yeah. an interesting power struggle at play as well that was was fun to explore. So while there is heartbreak and a bruised heart and um, th this kind of thing going on, there's also some really interesting uh, developments in her career that I am really proud of. Yeah. And that, I mean, even with, with, the, we've seen that throughout Hope Valley this season, right? We saw it with Rosemary as well. And people really like, you know, questioning, mm -hmm. um, that what, how do I fit into all of this? How do, how can I serve people? You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I thought like, as, as far as like the most heartbreaking moment though, I think it was at the wedding reception, yeah. you know, like that was, that was pretty brutal, yeah. you know? And I really didn't know, like, did you know where it was all leading? Like did, did, uh, John Tinker tell you what the path, the journey was going to be, or was it revealed to you with every script? It was revealed early, early. So I kind of knew the trajectory and that's tough because we've, you know, Carson and Faith have been building this relationship for the past few years. Mm -hmm. And so Paul and I had some interesting, who plays Carson, um, we had some interesting conversations. I think it was that day of that scene that you're talking about, which is essentially a breakup scene. Yeah. Um, we kind of, we were struggling with it. How do we, how do we cap this off? What, what, what's happening here? We kind of, equated it to being an actor. And if you were, let's say two actors are together, they're a couple in real life and someone gets that big Netflix special or the, uh, the big Tom Cruise movie, mm -hmm. but they're gonna have to go away. Do you hold them back? You'll, you'll never feel right if you're the one who holds them back and says, don't do that. Mm -hmm. you, if you, true love is when you allow each other to thrive. You know, whether or not that means being together, that almost doesn't matter. You want each person to be fully functioning, super happy, 
passionate about their career. You want them to be a full rounded person before you commit. And I think that's the fear with Faith. And we've seen this consistently. She's been unlucky in love. But I I don't think she'll ever, knowing that Carson has really struggled this season, he wants to, he wants to hone in on his surgery craft. He's not, he's not happy in Hope Valley. She can't commit to someone who's unhappy. So there, there, there are some, and it's done out of love, which is interesting. So so yeah, it, it's heartbreaking. It's tough. It's hard as an actor to um, change course a little bit, but I think I think it's for the best. And I, I think that the the storylines are interesting enough to uphold these choices. Now, I wasn't the only one to read something because I read the comments. Um, you did and- <laughs> read the comments. <laughs> to re- I read something. I wasn't the only one to read something into Faith bandaging Nathan's hand at the end of mm-hmm. that uh, season finale. What do you say to fans who read something into that moment and are hoping for a Faith and Nathan courtship? I have to say courtship in an accent, whatever accent that is. A faith in Nathan courtship. An accent. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I think the, I loved that scene. It was one of my favorite scenes of the season. Um, It was so honest too. Like these people who've been through a war almost. It's concise. Yeah. And you have two people who are dealing with heartbreak and they're just finding each other and they're checking in in that moment. That's that's what it is. It's it's checking in. It's done out of kindness. It's not, not done lustfully at all. It, it it it's just a hey, are you okay? Kind of like how you opened this conversation. How yeah. are you doing? Which is which we don't take the time to ask. Yeah. You know? Ask from our hearts. Yeah. For sure. And I thought it was really lovely. Kevin is a fantastic actor. Um, and it was just a really lovely scene. It was one of my last scenes I shot that season. It was within that last week. It was either the second to last day or the last day for me. Mm. Um, and it just, I walked away from that feeling really good and positive about about the character. Because whatever happens in the future, we don't know. We don't know as actors. The writers are figuring that out right now. Um, I, we have no control over that. But in that moment, it was just a nice, heartfelt, just how you doing? Check in. And, I, and it was great. <laughs> It was a really mm-hmm. lovely little scene. And that's all she's going to say about that. That's all that. I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Tessmacher! Oh my gosh. You know, I've had some, the odd time someone in the street will yell that. And I, no! I have this like instantaneous reaction where I just like... Because <gasps> it's always so shocking. Whether it's, someone, whether it's being, you know, yelled at work or like the amount of crew members that I work on other projects with. And when they see them on the call sheet and they see me coming in, they'll be like... <laughs> I love I, that. If that's going to be my great gift walking away from Supergirl. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are coming to the end of, of Supergirl. What a phenomenal yeah. journey that's been for the, the fans. Um, I want to talk about the, oh my God, it's so weird. It's so weird to move from Hope Valley to talking about Supergirl. What difference um, <laughs> though, okay? It's like you need two different brains. To okay. Continue. But before I talk about even stuff like how, like how is it, I don't even know how to get this question out, but it's really the crux of of what I want to explore with you. To work simultaneously, really, you know, even if you're not filming the same day, I don't know if that happened at all, but like, you know. It has happened. <laughs> happened. To have both of these characters that, you know, that you are inhabiting, they're inhabiting you, I don't know how that works, but like, how does, how do you, what do you, what? 
that's not a question. But do you, do you know what yeah. I'm? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, what kind my of response, challenges do you my face? My response is the exact same. It's like I. Uh, but you do it. I mean, you do it. You know. So what? What? do you do? How do you prepare? You know, is there a moment where you're like, okay, I am putting even a box and now I am Dr. Carter or like, yeah, you, you kind of have to, because both shows have been long running. I've played these characters for so long. I kind of have, uh, there's I, more I hands, a, everybody. I know the hands are out. See when I describe <laughs> characters, this is what happens. The jazz hands come out. <laughs> um, I, I think it's because I struggle to find the words, so I try to use my hands as a, as yeah. a gesture instead. I, um, I'm enjoying the show. <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, I, I have, I, I have memories of walking onto set on When Calls the Heart early in a season. This I don't even know what season this was, but I remember walking in having just done a bunch of Supergirl episodes, and I had an Eve energy. I remember mm. this one day standing in the infirmary. Because Eve is a little more like, she puts on a show. She has a lot of fronts and mm -hmm. a little bit quirkier. And obviously, Faith is more grounded. Faith is more real. Faith is, is honest. And, and, and every, Faith's not going to kill you. Faith's, Faith's not going to shoot you, you in the back. Gonna save you. Faith's going <laughs> to save you. Eve might kill you. So there's that to contend with. Um, but but there, there's a different energy. And I think as, as I, I, I've grown older and been in this business for, I don't know, 17 years now, I, I'm quite confident now. You know, I know my lines. I know what I'm doing. I know these characters. But there's an energy you have to channel. And as long as I'm kind of in that zone, I, I usually feel pretty confident. I don't have to come in knowing all my lines. I'll, I'll, I'll know it. I'll figure it out when the scene's up on its feet. It'll happen. You kind yeah. of trust your instincts. Um, but it's just about channeling energies and something I've started doing actually because of this conundrum, because I have had days in the past where it's like, okay, morning and Supergirl at noon, they release you, you fly over to Wind Calls the Heart. They're going to throw you in the scene that you're supposed to be in. You're supposed to be in at 10, but we're going to push you. And then you're going to just fly. This, this has been my life for a number of years wow. now. Um, and on, in the car, the car rides are everything. I'll have playlists. I have an Eve playlist, like an Eve season four, Eve season five. I have a, when Calls the Heart season six, season seven, season oh eight. Oh my God, you have to tell us some of the songs. Okay, so what's I, on an Eve playlist? What kind of oh music? Oh my gosh, Eve, so Eve season four playlist is still my favorite. It's right when Billie Eilish really popped. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, what's the song? With Barry, um, a friend? It might be Barry, a friend. I can't yeah. remember. I, these, I, most of that play. I could totally see that Billie being Eilish. a new song. Wow. I wonder, I think it's still on my Spotify. Uh, but regardless, I find that that journey in the car, there's like a, it's about a 15, 20 minute drive between those studios. That's I it. Could, I, could, I could change my energy. I could shift my energy because you'll, you'll be going from like happy Barbie doll who might kill you, who's fronting, who, who poisons people, but she's happy and she's flighty and she's flaky, but she's brilliant, but she's, she's so many things. And then it's like, now we have to ground ourselves. So then I'll have to have like play my, so, so oddly music has ended up being my kind of energy saver I or amplifier or whatever I need. I, I create a little playlist and that's how I start the season. That's how I'll end the season. And, and I keep them. Okay. So, so, so Faith season eight playlist. Oh my God. You know <laughs> Was what? this a lot of Sarah McLaughlin and Tori there, Amos? And hang on, I'll find it. <laughs> I'll find it. There's, there's, you yeah, know, some Lana Del Rey. So oh. Um, oh, where is it? See, my playlist is all. 
You do not want to get those playlists mixed up when you're when you're no. between sets. <laughs> okay, well they're all they're all mixed up. Okay, it's fine, it's fine. But I had um, this. So actually, I, I I mentioned this on Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter for a while, but I did mention earlier in the season. I was like, "Ooh, remind me to tell you about the songs that I have on my playlist for Faith at the end of the season," because you know I. There, there was some sadness going on, and and I had to walk in kind of channeling that. And there's this great song by the Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet. Mm. And I thought that that was like a really nice kind of the 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 tune is quite uplifting. The content is sad, but the, you still end that song feeling okay. And that's kind of how I wanted to feel. So the the trajectory of that song kind of matched how I wanted to feel as wow. faith. So that song, I, I I still listen. I've still I've been listening to it again recently. It's a great song. I, I I'm a fan of of Dire Straits. Um, so that's that's probably the number one at the top of my playlist for season eight, Faith. Because um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't always cheery. <laughs> no, no, it really wasn't. Um, all right, back to Supergirl. Yeah, man. Even though I'm the one like because we were really talking about that conundrum. Um, you know, in the last few years, I mean, really the last decade, we've had this explosion of, you know, comic book movies and comic book mm. series. Um, people like myself, you know, who were considered fringe, uh, you know, before our interests were considered, I mean, literally sitting here wearing a Wolverine shirt. Um, you know, we're now like the geeks are, are ruling. Yeah, the, we're mainstream now. Mainstream, yeah. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, we're mainstream in a world that's gone completely mad. You know, yes. so like, what, what role do you think, you know, um, either superhero films or, you know, like the Arrowverse, you know, plays in, in this world gone mad and sideways? What how do they, how, well, how do they help people? How do they serve people who are mm. living in this, dare I say, fucked up age? Yeah. And I dare, because it's yeah. my podcast and yeah. I have an explicit rating on it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I think superhero dumb in general and i'm i'm no expert by any means you will lap me 10 times over on this subject i'm sure <laughs> but i think it 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 allows for a form of escapism um i think that's always been key uh it's always there it makes you feel hopeful um when you're in and i know and just seeing when certain comic books have popped throughout history mm. during the 20th century. It's interesting to see it. They pop during, you know, world wars or times of great depression or sadness mm. or societal upheaval. Comics have been an interesting player um, in a sense, like Hallmark channel kind of allows for a form of escapism in a totally different universe, so to speak. Yeah. It's, it's a similar thing. Um, you want you want to kind of exit the sadness that you're living in and you just want to see hopeful, something hopeful or uh, the good guys winning, or um, I think, it, I think it, it's empowering. And, mm. and I think it's just something that kids look up to because it's so cool. You get to fly, you get to, you're invisible. You can walk through walls. You can hear things from thousands of miles away. It, it's, it's just nothing seems impossible. And that's yeah. very intriguing. I mean, Supergirl has the added benefit um beyond just being you know beyond being escapism we get to see you know that the multitudes and nuance of what it means to be to be a woman you know um mm. and 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 you know and the various the and you know and within that you know the the 
the spectrum of gender, you know, yes. as well. Yes. Um, and then even with, with a, a character like Eve, you know, and I mean, we get to see, you know, that good and evil. I mean, it's all shades and stuff, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I'd love to like, do you think Eve was or is or I know that there's some timeline stuff, but like, mm -hmm. do you think she's bad? You know, like, was there anything that she ever did that made you shudder or that you disagreed with? And like, I know I'm asking 300 questions. <laughs> um, I'll get to the end of my question in a minute. But is it important to like her? And did you, do you like her? It is a very good question, especially a show like Supergirl that is, has done so many wonderful things for female empowerment, representation. Eve is a bit of a conundrum because she's not inherently good. Uh, you can't necessarily trust her. And she does really bad things. But I, as a female actor, I, I don't always want to take the righteous path. I, I, I want to be complex. I think that's the greatest gift. It shouldn't just be men who are allowed to be complex and multi-layered and multifaceted and interesting and good and possibly bad. I love that a female, is afford, a female character is afforded that. Yeah. Um, I think it makes her dynamic. I think that's, that's the crux. She's dynamic. Um, yeah. it, it would be very simple to just be like, here's like Eve, she's pretty and put together and oh no, something bad happened to her. I like the fact that you don't really know where she is mentally. And, and I don't even know if she knows. Mm. I think that uh, there was, there were conversations at one point season, I guess this was early in season four when the Lex link was about to happen. Mm. And it was kind of like, she can't be a fangirl. You know, there were, there were conversations even with myself and cast members and, you know, she can't, she can't be like a, a Manson girl. She can't be like that because Eve is strong. And it's like, I, I don't mind exploring that aspect of her. I don't, I don't yeah. see her as a victim. I, I, I find her fascinating or maybe she is, she is a victim of Lex. I mean, absolutely. Because this is such a, there's so many levels, so many. Um, oh, he's a gaslighter. He's absolutely. a gaslighter. He's absolutely. He's the devil. He's the yeah. worst. He's the absolute worst in this universe. And he has played her so brilliantly and so evilly. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I, I like that she's not perfect. I, I, mm. I appreciate that. I have a lot of fun playing that. And I'm, I'm glad that I was afforded that opportunity that she, that her storyline isn't all about like empowerment. I'm perfect. I'm strong. Cause we have Supergirl. We have so many amazing characters who do that. I like that she's imperfect. Yeah. So. I mean, everybody's flawed on the, on everybody has flaws, totally. beautiful flaws, you yes. know, on that show, but it's like what they choose to do with them is, is what makes them, you know, absolutely you know, good or evil. That's yeah. my, that's my review of Supergirl. Um, so how, <laughs> how is your time on Supergirl in the Arrowverse and also working with like a real life Supergirl like Melissa, you know, no. who I've heard is, is the, really just is the, the epitome, the living embodiment of, you know, her yeah. character. Yeah. How has all of that changed you, both as a performer and as a human being? I've learned so much from Melissa, but from everyone on that show, yeah. in the sense that Supergirl shoots 10 months of the year. It is a demanding schedule. And for, for most of us, you know, we pop in and out and it, the show was about Supergirl. She, Melissa has been there day in, day out, every day, putting up with so much. Mm -hmm. um, the weight of that show and a big portion of the network is on her shoulders at all times. And just watching her professionalism has been just very inspiring. And watching her look out for her, 
her well-being as well, because sometimes as an actor, it can be, it can really, you're, you're invaded at all times. People are poking and prodding, and then on weekends, you have to do press, and mm. your schedule, it doesn't belong to you. And watching her just, t- like, inhale, take those deep breaths, and just, like, buckle down and continue working has just been very, very inspiring. Um, and she's got so many amazing things lined up going forward after this wraps, and she's just a, a truth, a truth, a tr- truly, a brilliant, very good, good person. And that's not always the case in this business. You that know? is not always the case. That. But a lot of people are in it for themselves and they have agendas and she's not that way at all. Yeah. She's just pure and honest and a brilliant, brilliant actor. So. Perfectly cast. I, 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 I love to hear that so much because I have also experienced the, the, um, the other side. The, well, like just the, 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 the gulf between, you know, how somebody can appear on screen, you mm-hmm. know, and, and what they are actually like. So it is mm-hmm. just so lovely. And I've only heard that. I've only ever heard that about Melissa. So Good. Yeah. love to hear Absolutely. it. Yeah. Okay. So we are about to get to the game playing part of this podcast. We're going to play favorite things. Um, but before we do, I got to ask you, if you had a choice between going out for dinner with Faith or going out for drinks and partying with Eve, who would you rather hang with? Um, I, th- I think it would depend on what I w- If I was looking for a calm night, I'd go out with Faith. If I wanted to go explore the back alleys and learn some things and get into trouble and, and, and figure out some very interesting aspects of this world that I didn't know existed, I would definitely go with Eve. I think you're in for a much more interesting time mm. with Eve. With Eve, But Faith is that solid. Faith will never let you down. Faith has so much integrity. She's she's a girl's girl and she'll stick up for you. Eve, you can't trust. You can't trust she's it all. Desi- so Faith is the designated driver. If yes. Re- <laughs> Always, always the designated driver. Eve is hanging off a roof with a gun, probably. <laughs> that is my, my big time journalist question right there. Okay, are you ready to play Favorite Things? Yes. Okay, so um, Favorite Things uh, was originally developed by my nine-year-old, now 10-year-old. Uh, and um, these are questions that she, and we've changed them up. Because sometimes after, after we'd been doing them for, you know, a few months, people came prepared with answers. I'm like, no, 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 Ooh. that's not how you play favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I ask you your favorite thing of a thing, and then you tell me uh, without thinking. You can't think about it. Oh, it's and, like rapid fire. Yeah, pretty much. Because, you know, as my child believes, uh, the answers to these questions are very revealing about who you are. <gasps> that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So you ready? So am I, am I going to find out if I, myself as Andrea, if I'm more of a Faith or more of an Eve here? <laughs> am I about to find out something about myself? Yes. Okay, good. That wasn't actually a promise, but um, <laughs> I'll just say, always say yes. It's like an improv game. Yes, and. Okay. Go. Favorite karaoke song? <gasps> oh, this is odd. Um She got her hands to her okay. forehead. She's like, it, it's got to be a Spice Girls song. I've got to be okay. talking about, t- about, I don't know which one because I probably stop. 
because there's there's hand movements Stop and I've been doing right a lot of those. Now. A lot of thank those. You, thank you very much. I need somebody, somebody yeah. with a human Except you can't really touch. do all the hand gestures. Hey when you. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey. Oh gosh. Or yeah. like, I'll need one of those like Britney Spears microphones. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll probably, it would probably be a Spice Girls because when I was ten, that's what I liked. Yeah. And, and who was your Spice? Who was your Spice? I I often got. Um, I often played baby in the friend group because I'm blonde, yeah. but I love ginger. Mm, I could see that. I loved ginger. Can you, can you guess who my favorite Spice Girl was? <gasps> oh, you're probably something unassuming. Like I'll answer, but it's probably something different. Okay, go for it. Go for Maybe it. Maybe you are a ginger. I'm not a ginger. I think personality, I, I am a ginger, but back in the day, mm-hmm. I had short, dark hair. I wore tight, tight, short black dresses and knee-high boots. I was posh. a posh. I was a posh spice. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I, w- I was a real Spice Girl stan. I was a Spice Girl. Me too. Say. Still am. Yeah. I think what they stood for was pretty cool. I mean, they, the, songs are, they, the songs have held up, frankly. They have, and they're yeah. great karaoke songs yeah. now. They are. Okay. When this is over, karaoke. With, yeah, with Pascal Hutton. She's a big karaoke stan as well, too. <laughs> oh, Pascal. All right. Next question. Favorite cartoon character? <gasps> okay. I, I have a great answer. Cruella DeVille. Oh. I think she's oh. one of the best villains. And I know there's a Cruella movie coming out. I, I saw the trailer, very cool looking trailer, but I actually rewatched 101 Dalmatians, the live action recently mm. with my child. And oh my gosh, is Cruella ever, I mean, you say cartoon. So I, I suppose I'd be answering for the cartoon version of this, but I think Cruella is a fantastic villain. Why? Do you because see I, empathy in her or is she no, all? No, Because her name's I, Cruella. <laughs> And Deville, <laughs> Devil, yeah. which is so crazy. Cruella I think target, targeting dogs is just such a no-no. That is something that no one, I mean, that's something that across the board, generally everyone agrees with, you know, the welfare of animals, specifically our pets. Like you yeah. don't mess with that. And she does. And that's I, why John Wick is such an intense action movie. And everybody understands what he And I've never watched John Wick because I thought that that would be too difficult to watch. The, I've here the beginning of that movie. It's yeah. not very easy. So I've, I've avoided it. Is, it because, but if you fast forward it and then you're like, oh, now I understand. Now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those no-nos. But also, there are so many fantastic female villains in in Disney specifically. But yeah, Cruella, I was and just watching Glenn Close play Cruella. <gasps> it's one of the best performances I've ever seen. It's so good. She's a there's hands. She's of a scene. She is. It's, it's just so theatrical, but yeah. Glenn Close is freaking. She's got to be one of the best actors, female actors uh, I've ever witnessed on yeah. a screen. Ever, ever, ever. Anita, darling. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say Cruella because I I was just thinking about that literally yesterday. Okay. You ready for the next one? Yeah. I got a few more. Favorite Vancouver shot series, past or present, that you haven't appeared in? (gasps) X-Files. That answer comes up a lot. I bet. what, What would you have wanted your role to be? Ooh. Oh, like, I, would you want to be like an FBI agent person or would you want to be like, like an alien or? I want to have something to do with paranormal activity. So I don't know if I could be like an interpreter who is wacky and crazy or, or 
I, I don't know. Not an FBI agent. I'd want to be something linked to the paranormal in some yeah. way, an alien, anything. But I, re- I revisited X-Files with a bunch of my friends. We went through all the original series I yeah. know, five years ago. We'd get together on Sunday nights and watch it. We'd watch it. Sundays watch it. with Mulder. I like it. And, and it's just so iconic. And to see Vancouver back in the day yeah. and to see so many familiar faces that I, I work with now all the time to see them in their younger years yeah. as younger actors working in Vancouver. It's so cool. Yeah. So I, it has to be X-Files for me. You probably That's- get that in 21 Jump Street a lot. I get that. I get Jump Street. And I also get Supernatural, to which I always say, oh. how were you never on Supernatural? That show had 81 seasons. <laughs> that show, I played two characters who were comp- not the same person yeah. in season two and like six or eight or 10 or I don't know. But I played two. Like if, if you waited like three seasons that allow you to come in as another character. I love that that was the magic number. Three seasons. Yeah, because there yeah. just weren't enough actors. It was like, who have we not seen yet? We've seen everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, if someone didn't make it on Supernatural, you know what? Maybe they just hadn't started acting yet, and there's yeah. probably a reason for that, or the timing, or, or the timing. Yeah, no. But yeah, what a what a stable! I my first, I think I was in grade eleven or twelve when I first was on that show. I was a teenager in high school, hmm. which is crazy. And it just ended. I know it was on for eighty-one years. Yeah. I'm not kidding. That is the actual number. Please don't Google years. it or fact check it. Eighty-one years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, next question. Um, and by the way, the next two questions, uh, my daughter considers to be the most <gasps> revealing. No, no pressure. No, no pressure. <laughs> I wonder what she's going to think of my Cruella DeVille answer. Oh, dear. You'll have to Oh, no, that. she loves that, actually. She's been advocating to get Cruella hair. Um, she wants that's to do cool. one side super dark and one side that's super cool. bright. So, well, <laughs> I don't know about if that's for her because it's a lot of bleaching for a 10-year-old's hair. That's a lot of bleaching. You know, so that's I don't very, know. That's not like streaks or like tips at the end. That's like a, that's a yeah. big. And plus, cool. you got to keep your part. Like you can't yeah, go. Yeah, you can't go like <laughs> middle to side or whatever they're talking about now. You have to yeah. commit. Yeah, you have to commit. All right, you ready? <laughs> Stop yeah. delaying. Stop stalling. I okay. like talking. <laughs> Favorite junk food? Salt and vinegar chips. That, that is a good answer. I like that you didn't think. And um, how many bags of salt and vinegar chips have you eaten during the pandemic? I try not to have chips in my house because I will eat them immediately. Mm-hmm. I can't. Chips are my vice. I just can't. I can't, I can't help it if they're in the cupboard. <laughs> So how many bags of salt and vinegar, vinegar chips during the pandemic? I don't know, probably five, maybe. But I think some That's of them- not excessive. On, That's no, not excessive. No, because I don't allow, but they cannot be in my house. Yeah. Even on set, I'll see bags of chips and I generally avoid because the second I open one, I'll be like, tomorrow I'll have another. And the next day I'll have another. I just try to avoid chips. Do they whisper to you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, they'd have more of a like like more of a spicy accent, you know, because uh, I'm very vinegary. You're gonna like me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now this is me. the last. This is the last question. This is the most important question. This yeah. is the one my daughter cares most about. You ready? Yeah. Okay. I like to build it up. You know, it's dramatic. Drama. It's dramatic. I'm, my heart is pounding. <clears throat> Favorite animal? Oh, I, I mean, like I could be like dogs, cats, so many. I love, love, love dogs, but I've been talking about penguins a lot recently. So I think I'm going to say penguins. 
it, I have a lot of <laughs> stories about penguins, but you know that, that it's my favorite gif ever is the one where the penguins just walking and the friend just like slaps him in the head. Love That's it. So funny. They, Sorry. Why? Who, how do you have a lot of stories about penguins? I guess I guess I really like them. I guess I really like them. I remember going to a convention and someone bought, brought me like a penguin stuffy. And I was like, oh yeah, because I guess I mentioned it on Twitter. And I, I don't really think about it. Like I would never, it's not my designated animal of choice. I think traditionally I would just be like a dog. But I, I, <laughs> I really like penguins. They're super funny. They're monogamous. They care a lot about family. They travel together in groups. They look out for each other. I don't know. And they're hilarious. The way they waddle, how do they exist? What are they? They're probably just aliens. I, I don't know. <laughs> penguins are cool. And I feel like that's a much cooler answer than being like, a dog. Dogs. That is the best answer. I, I'm i so excited for you to watch Happy Feet with your kid. I think that's going to be so fun. Um, that's true. Yes. Growing up, one of my favorite books was Mr. Popper's Penguins. I don't know if you've oh. read it. It's a classic book. Like It's from like the 40s or 30s. I've never read it. Oh, Mr. Popper's Mr. Penguins. Popper's. And uh, I'm not going to, it's, it's, uh, it's about a, a gentleman who ends up with some penguins. And like, does the penguin wear a little tuxedo? Because why do we as humans always have our penguins, they're always wearing top hats and tuxedos. I don't know where that comes from, but it's. Hilarious. I don't know either, especially when they live in Antarctica. Like they have uh, nothing to do. It's not like they were like just pondering around London on a little yeah. stroll or like, I guess they were at a zoo. <laughs> they kind of don't make sense. I think that's why I like them. <laughs> It, it, it has been the big revelation of this conversation today is the discovery that the great mystery of your life is to discover why penguins? What's the point of penguins? What's the point? How do they walk? They have wings, but they can't fly. Why? I, don't I think honestly, just to give you joy, just, to, just to give the world joy and just to dance and just there's a be. penguin exhibit at the west edmonton mall at least there used to be when i was younger and i remember just watching them they're so funny and they have fun they go down they slide, slides yeah. and just just so cute ah what a joy it is to watch you talk about penguins <laughs> okay so this is the end Andrea, this is the so end of fun. our conversation. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end with some time travel, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a swear. I'm gonna use a swear. <gasps> so, um, well, it's kind of a time travel. So, do you have what the fuck? This is actually my life moments, you know. And yeah. I don't mean what the fuck. This is my life. Like what the fuck? This is actually my life, you know. Yeah. When have those happened for you? Oh, I think a few. I think going to Comic-Con for the first time, we, mm. took, we took the private jet that belonged to uh, Mr. Supernatural 1 and Mr. Supernatural 2. Um, they had a, a, a jet that was, out, that was from the network that was allocated to them to travel back and forth to Texas and whatnot. Mm. Um, and when it was available, other casts from other shows could use it. And so we flew down on that to go to Comic-Con. So it was just like being on a private plane, which is insane, mm -hmm. um, getting off on the tarmac, get, being driven right into Comic-Con where there's just thousands and thousands of people signing autographs there. That was very, that whole experience was very, very, very surreal. Yeah. And just walk, being at the parties and then it's like, whoa, there's Game of Thrones. Whoa, there's <laughs> Lin-Manuel. And you're just like, oh my gosh. It was, that was a bit my- You mind. shared space with Lin-Manuel Miranda? Yes. I, wow. I actually left the party before he came up and like chatted to everyone that I was hanging out with. Um, so I missed my opportunity. 
But he was the one that everyone was the most excited about. Like I said, Game of Thrones was there and it was their final season. It was right when they were wrapping up. And yeah. just a lot of big, like all the the big Marvel people were all there. But yeah. But Lynn LMM. Yeah. He did it. Wow. For everyone. Because he was like the celebrity's celebrity. That's what I learned. Because every celebrity who you're like, oh my gosh, you're so famous. They're like, I just met Lynn. Here's a photo. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. So and it's so funny because he seems celebrity. like the most unassuming geek totally. happy to be there. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, him, and then, oh, at Comic-Con, I, I accidentally walked right into um, uh, Legolas. Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. And it was funny, like... Accidentally. I, kind of, I was walking up. We were going into some interview or something, and I, and I kind of, like, bumped shoulders with him. And then he was... And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, oh, it's all right. And he had this, like, beautiful smile. And then I was like, oh, he looks so familiar. And then I went, and I was sitting in the interview, and you do, like, a thousand in a day. It's yeah. the craziest thing you could experience. And I remember just sitting there, and I was a little bit zoned out. And I was like, who was that guy? Did I see him? Was he, is he like a Vancouver actor? Like, Did we go to high school see? together? And then I was just like, <laughs> I wonder. And then I was like, oh, well, Cara Delevingne was also down the hall. So it was, wait, she's on a show with, that was Orlando Bloom. And in the interview, in the middle of it, I was like, oh, I just walked into Orlando Bloom. And I was like, <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> that was weird. Andrea, you're going to come back, right? Of course. This was so fun. It was so fun. Okay, so where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on the social media? When <gasps> you are on the social media. When I'm on it. I'm on yeah. a little bit of a break. I'm still kind of there, but I'm taking a little bit of a break right now. Uh, Andrea K. Brooks on Twitter and Instagram. 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 <laughs> All right, do you ever say what the K stands for? Or is that like a secret? No, it's Catherine. Someone took Andrea Brooks. It didn't exist. So now, even when I have, I can get the Andrea Brooks username. I don't. I because Andrea K Brooks is just consistent. Yeah, so. Andrea Catherine Brooks. Yeah. You you remain an enigma. Do even I? Though I have learned <laughs> a lot. I've learned a lot, but there's there's more questioning to be done, and we shall do it. I love it. Let's again. do it again. I think this that, that's so, so fun. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea. Thank you for having me. And also, and I want to say your daughter for those amazing questions. I will. I will. And um, thank you for just planting penguins in my mind. They're, they will be dancing around and doing belly flops in my mind for the rest of the day. When I come back <laughs> to Twitter, I'll just put a penguin gif up. Just because that just neutralizes the space. Everyone loves a good penguin. Absolutely. That's the cleanser. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you to our fans. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and then we get to keep having these awesome conversations. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for reading our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger, Devlet for the original music. <laughs> Wavir Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! In the current COVID-19 environment, UBCP Actra, the BC Performers Union in the film and TV industry, has been working closely with industry partners, formulating sensible and practical guidelines for all cast and crew to ensure working on set is manageable and safe for everyone.
UBCP ACTRA has created a dedicated COVID-19 webpage at www.ubcpactra.ca, where members can find mental health resources, financial assistance information, and back-to-work strategies and updates about the current status of film production in the province of British Columbia. UBCP ACTRA knows this has been an extraordinarily difficult time for many people, and we look forward to better days ahead. We will get through this together. Please visit www.ubcpactra.ca. A message from UBCP ACTRA.